Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the award-winning novel Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and the newly released Pretty Ugly. With me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Alison Martin, author of the Bourbon books, which includes Dibs since September, and her recent novel, Move on Melinda. Today, we have with us Gervais Hagerty, author of In Polite Company, her debut novel, which has just was released this week, wasn't it, Gervais? Uh, last, well, yeah, yeah a, week, week. a week ago. A week yeah. ago. Congratulations. So, so yeah. happy yeah. Uh, one week and one day book <laughs> One week and one day, yes. Woo-hoo! Yes. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Welcome, Gervais. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you here. Uh, can you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and a little bit about In Polite Company? Sure. Well, it is a novel based in Charleston, and I am from Charleston, South Carolina. So it's definitely a settings based story. And the novel is a peek behind the veil of Charleston society. It brings you to debutante balls. You got white gloves, you got pearls, but it's not all sweet tea and Southern charm. There's sex, drugs, and rock and roll in here too. Oh my gosh. I'm now kicking myself for not wearing pearls and my little like, kid gloves. Um, Wait, you have kid gloves? Because I, I look do, through my wardrobe. I, do I don't have, have anything Cotillion I do, approved. I yeah. do have the leather gloves. Yeah, really? From what? Um, a friend of mine gave them to me. Um, so I'm a professional ballroom dancer. So I, people, isn't that wow. weird? So I was that very was so excited cool. to read your book because you talked about the Foxtrot so much yeah. and, and Waltz. And I just, any book that says like, We'll always start with a foxtrot. Like, yes, you do always start with a foxtrot. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. So a friend gave me kid gloves because she said, I feel like you need this in your life. Yes, you should. Yes. But yeah. I recently moved. So my costume closet is, mm. I put all my costumes in there and then the, the bar broke. So now they're just like all on the floor and I have not fixed it. And it's been three weeks. That, that is something that can just stay shut behind the door. <laughs> exactly. I was like, door. and that is fine. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just it. as good like that. Yeah. So Gervais, how much of this, I know you're from Charleston. Um, how much of the debutante coming out to society part was based on you? I was a debutante. <gasps> that, that does happen here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it, yeah, it's still very alive and well. It is a series of parties that families around here and other parts of the South throw for their daughters. Originally, it was to introduce them to society for, you know, to get them married. And right now, it's just a big party because most of those young women are, you know, going to be like a, they've got jobs or maybe even trying to go to med school and they find their date on Tinder. It's not, you know, it's, it's very, <laughs> Right now it's just, it's just a party, but yeah, it's great. And again, it's about a dozen other women and you go to, there'll be bunches and cocktail parties. And then probably you go to about two or three balls and you wear, you wear a wedding gown. I'm just laughing at the idea of, Hey, do you want to be my date on Tinder for what? A cotillion. I know. Some of those parties, you know, you have to have two dates, which is really interesting. Yeah. So, I know. I mentioned that one of them is usually like, like a, a brother cousin. or a cousin. Yeah. Somebody yeah. you're not probably going to be making out with. Right. Probably. 
Hopefully. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that would make, yeah, I, I, that would make sense. I need to verify all that, but I remember <laughs> having two and one was my brother, but it was just like, yeah, he wants to come and party. So, you know. Oh, interesting. So do, you, it's prob- do you think that second date is just there to like, so that would keep an eye, just keep an eye, like originally like a chaperone, like oh, I'm her cousin. You can't touch her, you know, above the wrist. I, I'm, I, I, I'm curious. I don't know the answer to that. And it wasn't true for all of the events, but I do recall now that I'm looking back 20, 18 years ago. Yeah. It was a bit of a <laughs> muddled memory. There was free flowing wine and a lot of sitting around. All of the drinking and dancing probably made it a, a little blurry. It was, yes, in the best way. So, I mean, I think I always get confused between cotillion, which I think isn't when you're like 12 or 13 is cotillion. Yeah, it's younger. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's when you, you wear the little gloves and you learn how to ballroom dance for the first mm-hmm. time. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then I know the they, other they even have like those out here. Out. And I know the first time I heard that with some of the people in my circles, none of my kids do any of that stuff, but I hear that and I'm going, we're in Orange County, California. Where is the cotillion coming from? But somehow it showed up here. But they uh, talk about it as the way to teach the kids manners. Teach the yeah. kids like this is how you sit at a table and don't act like a little beast and things yeah. like that. So it has it has those multi level purposes. So it is like little kids more, but they're so cute with their little gloves and their little. And, and I remember as a kid, when you went in, you would have to introduce yourself to the, the ladies who ran it, and you had to give each one two compliments. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> what if you couldn't think of two? Just something, my, how lovely you look. It's so good to see you today, Mrs. Whipple or Ravenel or some of those. Oh my gosh, I love it. So two compliments. Yeah. Did you ever panic? Like, because there were so many rules and just like, think you wouldn't be able to do it like no because it's dominated by a hundred kids who just want to you know punch each other in the arm and you know or try to dance with a cute boy because he would sit 50 to 50 in this ballroom 50 girls 50 boys and depending on where you could sit you could count and see who you would end up dancing with because they'd line you up i remember that square dancing yeah it's like it's like that right yeah yeah like uh, wait can, can you switch with me I yeah, oh, there was all that sort of happened. I mean, we were, you know, your fourth grade, you know, or then, ooh, there's a stinky boy with like keto <laughs> breath, you know, so, woo. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much. So I have to ask as a ballroom dancer, do you still dance? You I still love dance? to dance. I wish it was more in our culture. I mean, it only really happens at a wedding. I have this buddy, Parker Barnwell, a very Charleston name. He's my brother's best friend and we got real close. When I moved back to Charleston, and he's a hell of a dancer. And when he and I are out late at night, and it's two of us, we can cut a rug. <laughs> like, we really can. And oh, it's just so fun to know somebody, like, throughout my life, no matter who my partner is or his, like, I always have this one person that I can, like, really dance with. My husband knows how to dance, but, I mean, between me, he's, he's not as good as Parker. Yeah, so. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky my husband is my dance partner. Like she oh, married yeah. her. I married. That's so, so romantic. So it's easy. It's easy. We're always oh, just like, oh, I we have somebody that. to dance with. Wow. That's fabulous. Y'all must yes. feel like the stars at every party. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we try not to. But like every once in a while, we're like, oh, how my can gosh, you help? Let's it? just how do a pasta doble to this yeah. bad rap song that's being played <laughs> at a wedding. Yeah. Wait, you pasta doble to a rap song? Oh, yeah. You can pasta doble to anything with an eight count. I'm just trying to picture what rap song was it. Do you remember? Don't remember. I've done it multiple times. <laughs> I've also done it to merengues on cruise ships, you know, but also alcohol. That will help. 
it's usually one of the common denominators. <laughs> so Gervais, I loved uh, the setting of this book so much. It, you had me like every other page Googling something from Charleston, just oh, like good. thinking that I wanted to move there, even though I just <laughs> moved into a house that I love so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, but Charleston, look at that. Um, except for when you talked about cockroaches and things like that. Oh, they're here. The Charleston butterflies, for sure. <laughs> they're big. That is way too complimentary a term for them, but that's okay. Yeah, well, you know, we're sweet and polite company around here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was I was cracking up because Jen says she wants to move, and I'm reading and going, if I move there, I'm going to get flooded away because you did such a great job of talking about not just what this society is like, but what the development is like and some of the underbelly there. And mm -hmm. you've got this character who actually cares about the fact that, Hey, maybe we haven't been treating the area we live in as well as maybe we should. And comparing the fact that, for example, the developers a hundred, 200 years ago knew to build on the high ground because of all this. And now they're like, meh, let's just throw some more land in there and get some more money out of it. No one seems to really care. And just some more back alley deals. That's fine. It's all good. So I don't really want to move there because I'd probably end up getting flooded away. <laughs> but I mean, you gotta, to yeah. I mean, it's it's a changing city, and the we have a lot of new, uh, we have a lot of transplants. Charleston was not on the map a decade ago, and we have so many people coming to town, and it's great. But the problem is, one of the problems is, I don't think they ha they don't have that history of knowing that we didn't stop everything when the flooding happened because it just wasn't an issue. And now, I mean, when it rains, you can't get to the hospitals. I mean, it's crazy. So we, infrastructure issues where they didn't really take that into account when they continued to expand. There's a lot of that. The sea level's rising, um, a lot of runoff. Uh, there's, and then you just, just, you know, I mean, climate change, things are just, things are different now. But I do want to put pressures on the city in ways that hopefully I can through my writing of getting people to be thinking about this. Um, you know, pressuring lawmakers to say what we can agree with and not agree with. But even just, you know, I just saw a new house being built down the road and I thought, damn, you know, they've got um, non-permeable driveway and just stuff like that. Like if you just have a driveway, if you, you know, if you've got one, all right, it's hard to like rip it up. But if you have one where there's nowhere for the water to go except into the drain, this is just all these places that we don't have um, the soil uh, working its natural way of taking the runoff and removing pressures from the system. So just little things like AstroTurf. I mean, just like little things we can do in our lives um, in small incremental ways in our own homes, rain barrels, that kind of stuff, uh, to really help these problems that face our community on a very large scale. Well, well I totally I get that out because out here we get a lot of the issue of the cyclical nature of the weather is we have the dry weather and we get the the fires that just burn off mm. everything on the sides. And then mm -hmm. the next time the rain hits, it's like, yay, we need the rain. But without anything holding that in place, all the runoff comes and then we get flash floods. Yeah. So it's this, this cycle that if, if you don't have, if you don't have everything built in place, including having the, the different things on the side and having all the, the sandbags out to stop it, if you don't have that, you're getting a disaster. And the worse the fires are, then the worse the floods get. So yeah, we yeah. get it. Yeah, we're, I think we're just seeing the beginning, unfortunately. Yeah. Was it difficult in your writing process to kind of marry these two sides of this story together? Because you have, on one hand, this like incredibly genteel, amazing stories about parties and outfits and hairstyles and, and but food. then they're, and food. Sorry. And <laughs> drinking. Um, 
But then you have this character who definitely has this moral compass. Was it hard for you as a writer to tell both sides of the story? And when you gave this to your agent, did you get any pushback? Like, oh, no, you don't want this part sullying like the, the fun, raucous story? Or I Yeah, I, I had a, a little bit of that in, but it, this takes me to my mentor. Her name is Mary Alice Monroe. She is a best-selling writer. She writes sort of, you know, beach reads um, based on Isle of Palms, which is just a couple islands over, a couple bridges <laughs> over. And I, when I really wanted to be a writer, I bugged her, bugged her, bugged her, bugged her once I had finished this manuscript. And she writes a lot about, I mean, she has her stories and they're, you know, you have kind of just, you've got, she's got her characters and, and a, a beautiful setting, but she always has an environmental issue at the heart of the story, or at least that's moving the story forward. And I, my, actually my mom was like, great, you should do that. You love the environment. I've always been obsessed with with environmental issues and so that was a real way of helping me think like huh I want to do that and then because she is just an incredibly generous wonderful storyteller she knows a lot of incredibly generous wonderful storytellers and she by way of some other friends introduced me to my editor so I had my editor before I had my agent which was really really nice wow yeah unusual absolutely yeah yeah that is unusual and Mm -hmm. you know What's funny is a few weeks ago, we had a guest on our show, which also, she also wrote about, um, Low Country. The low Country. Low Country Bride. And oh, she also oh, yeah. Prisley I think I've got that book coming because I've been, I've been like, who is it? We need to know each other. We're right around I here. Know, so you should probably like go neighbors. on a tour. Yeah, we probably together. are. Yeah. Um, so, and she also got her editor before her agent. Cool. But, but her, her story was a bit different because she's writing from the perspective of she is, I think she refers to herself as uh, black and Filipina. Is that correct? Uh, That's yeah. all right. And so she answered a call for own voices. So she was going through that channel where they were looking for unagented writers, but representing a segment of society that hadn't yeah. heard from as much. Good. And went Good. Through we that that. Great. But, but that's, sure. that's just, that's just really unusual that we get, they're both low country and they both found uh-huh. their editors first. Apparently that's just how you do it. Something in the water over here. Something huh? in the water in Charleston. And all that water. And all your water. <laughs> I feel like at any moment now, all of these unagented writers are going to flock to Charleston and be like, I'm going to show up this, in the crab cages. The crab cages. This is, you know, where to get discovered. So that's <laughs> incredible that you got an editor. So you got your editor and how, and so she loved it or was she, did she work with you? Was she another she, mentor? She, um, so her, she was the editor for Dorothy Benton, Frank, Dottie Frank. She wrote a bunch of other bestsellers on Sullivan's Island. And so she and Mary Alice were kind of these two women who, you know, did these titans. And um, Dottie Frank had passed and it had been about a year and she was looking to kind of like, I want to go back. I love Charleston. I want to find a, a low country writer. And so she was talking with um, another writer and Mary Alice happened to be there. And she said, it's Gervais. You need to talk to her. That was a Saturday. And on a Monday, Thank I sent my manuscript. Yeah. And on a Wednesday, I got an offer. So she, holy yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she knew what she was looking for, you know, I think. And so she she, was looking for you. Yeah. I feel that way. We're, I, I feel like I won the literary lottery with her. She's great. She compliments me really well. She's very much like, if she hears the show, like, I don't mean it in a bad way, but like, she's Yankee. She is like, (laughs) 
she doesn't soften things, you know, I, she just I tells it that. how it is. And I've had to learn like, okay, I, I, you still like me. <laughs> I love that you said that. Um, so I am on the committee for a literary conference called New England Crime Bake, and I'm in charge of agents and editors. Okay. And I was like, um, like brainstorming with uh, my agent. Uh-huh. And she was just like, oh, you should get so-and-so to come in. She's so East Coast, but people still love her. And we're <laughs> East Coast. So like we get it because she was like, oh, she, she'll just tell them how it is. Yeah. And people will, will be, will thank her. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. She's very New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's very New York. She's very New York. I have a sister who's born. She's just born New York. I mean, she's born here, but like, she's like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, it's like dealing with curry. I get it now. Like, I kind of know. Like, she'll tell you what, she'll tell you like it is. She'll tell you if your dress doesn't look good or something, you know, I mean, that's, it's good to have somebody like that in your life. I was yeah. going to say, it's good to know that they're like that so that you don't always have to go through the, did, did I say something? Did I do something? And yeah, you know no, there's your personality and it's not you. Exactly. No, there's none of that. Exactly. Exactly. If she likes it, she likes it. If she doesn't, she doesn't. It's just that and we move on. And I appreciate that. I'm busy. So. Just yeah. tell me what to do and I'll do it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So then after that, did you have to go and find an agent or? I did. I mean, I don't know if How I really. How do you find an agent when you're like, I already have an editor. I just need that's somebody. A, that's the subject me. line in the email. <laughs> I have, I have an offer. So. <laughs> anybody want to get in on this? Yeah. Anybody want to get in on this? And so it was kind of a scramble because she was like, hurry up hurry up. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I've never even like, yeah. So, I mean, it was a really good problem to have. And I just, there's a college around here called Davidson College in North Carolina. My cousin went there. I went to a more of a party school. The people who go to Davidson, their motto is work hard, work hard. There's no like play hard. And I met a writer who was from Davidson and I was like, who's her agent? She's a work hard, work hard person. And she would not take this decision lightly. I'm just going to pick the one she did. So that's how that happened. <laughs> oh, like, I, I want you to work hard for me. Like you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you didn't have, did you go through any other agents and get like, like, no, we're not interested. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I like did. So- this was when I had, um, I had finished it before Mary Alice had seen it. I wrote it in 2016 and I started writing it in 2016, but I was working full time as a professor at the Citadel, which is a military college just down the road. And I really began, I mean, it's a fun book, but I began it when my grandmother was in hospice. I was just heartbroken. And as y'all know, it's a, it's a story. And at the heart of it is a woman and her grandmother. So I just was working, 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 and then, you know, kids and life. And I, I, I tried a couple agents and didn't really go anywhere. And I just kind of forgot about it. And I thought, you know, I just need, I, I know, I know Mary Alice, like not very well, but I bet. So I just kind of bugged her and bugged her and bugged her. And after a while, she read it and she really helped me and she made it a better book. She really helped me. She just, she sat with me. She read it and she sat with me for an hour and a half at her house and, and helped me think of it in like a larger context. So it and sounds like she was like doing it. like developmental editing with you almost at that point too. So here's what she told me when she read an earlier version. She said, you have a voice. And I think she really got the voice that Simmons was. But she said that the grandmother, she says, all she does is die. Who is this woman? I know. It's true. It's all that really happened. Because it was just like, it was just this catharsis and just this, you know, this sorrow. But Marilyn, I said, who was this woman? Like, you need to write the story of who this woman was. And I thought, you know, I think I want to make her a dancer. 
And Mariel said, you should give her Capizio shoes. And I thought, I love what? it. Like, what are Capizio shoes? You know what Capizio shoes are. Yeah, so I go home I and I Google them. And I had this whole idea of this like kitten heel kind of like in, I don't know, maybe you would dance the Paso Doble in that, right? Like a, like a kit, like a kitten heel with the strap yeah. over the ankle. Yeah, tech, but like, she, I was just about to go like into like technically what dance yes. shoes it should be. And I'm like, oh no, that's super boring. Just shut up. <laughs> Yeah, the slipper, like the ballet slipper. Yeah. So it's fun how she had a different image and I had a different image, but like it, what it was, was give it a back story. And that really was a driving force. So by the time my editor saw it, it was a much better book. And I loved the Capizio shoes just because I, I, I loved the reference, but I also felt like it was that in the zinnias were such beautiful objects to define oh, who this woman was. Yeah. Like to, on the surface, they're just shoes, but, but you know what they mean to her. So it's just amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, and this is, so we used to plant zinnias together and this is the ring. Let's see. There you are. My okay. grandmother used to wear and I wear it every day and I wear it when I write. So, um, so their objects, this object is not in the book, but, um, but yes, it's the zinnias. Uh, that is, that was actually the original title of the book. But then my New York, uh, editor was like, they're just going to think it's a gardening book. Who's going to buy that? I'm like, you're right. Fair. 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 Yeah. That's okay. My, the title of my first book is called Dibs, and it doesn't involve any of the little ice cream treats. So I'm sure there are people confused by that as well. There's yeah. There's the cover, and there's there's not a lot of cocktail recipes either. You know, the, the title is what it is. but <laughs> It is. I think Impolite Company just handles it so well and encapsulates just the feeling of the book. And this kind of tension we have. And I just, I loved how you managed to combine this person who has such an appreciation and an understanding of this culture, but it's mixed with this, this very top level, dis, just a disdain of it as well. Like when she's seeing going, why do we still do this? Why do we allow this? Why is it that? Why is, why it is there a men's club? Yeah. Why, why, to, yeah. To the mother. Why do you, why do you allow this? Why do you want to eat at a place that doesn't let you be a member? Oh, well, I know, I, I know people here and, and I like the soup and it's nice. And it's just going, really? You're, you're going to go with that. All right. And Simmons just having to be like, all right. So I'm going to be making my own choices now. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that was a hard line to toe and that's what I worked really hard to do. But, yeah. Because I am grateful for my experiences and my background. And I, all cultures have good and bad. And so this was my observation. And um, I don't know, just like, here, here world. Yeah. <laughs> and you I, do something with this. I'm not sure what to do. I, I think you it. did a really good job of respecting the mm -hmm. tradition and oh, honoring you. it and making thank it, you. you know, not seem... Like it, it seemed lovely to go through. Yeah. Like I never thought that she was like miserable at these balls mm -hmm. or was miserable at her coming out. She wasn't, but right. I, I loved the, the borderline. Oh, but like that guy's kind of a jerk. Like, yeah. And why doesn't and anybody care? <laughs> and, what, and the pictures in the bathroom showing people yes. who are enslaved, but it seems so very happy about it. And her just being like, who put these in here and why isn't anybody doing anything about it? And maybe it's because the women's room and all the members are men. So they haven't looked. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Those are at, I saw those at, those exist at a club. 
Oh, you're the first I'm person assuming, so far to bring it up, but yeah. It, so I'm assuming Battery Hall is not a real club. That this it's was, not, I mean, but it's representative of, yeah. I, of I figured as much. Probably several clubs. Because yeah. here, here we, we are. I, I used to work for a nonprofit, and when I did, I would go to clubs and things like that and be there on behalf of the organization. Mm-hmm. But they were always clubs that were open to anyone if you had enough money. So there was still that social bar, but yeah. it wasn't based on race or gender right. or even or religion. And right. there was some line in there, and I, I wish I'd written it down, where it was talking about, like, everybody here is with their heterosexual partner, or cisgender, white, yeah. Protestant, da, da, da. and it's just this line, like, yep, everybody here is just completely homogenous, and they come on down together, and it's the way it's always been, and it's the way it's always going to be, in, unless somebody says, we're not going to do this anymore. Right. Yeah. Are you a surfer? <laughs> I... <laughs> I you know I you know I haven't actually done it yet this summer. I don't know where the summer's gone. I, I will. I'll do it because I've done it. I mean, yeah, I'm terrible. I'm worse than Simmons <laughs> in the book. But yes, but I got my first like board surfer. She seems fine. Oh yeah, she's decent. But I'm, like I'm somebody just, who like can barely swim. So yeah, I mean, she's she's great at it. Yeah, no, I'm a water baby. I got a surfboard. Actually, the time I came out, I debuted. <laughs> it was around that. That was like your year. Surfboard. Yeah. 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 I got it for Christmas that year. So that That's was like so right cute. around all the balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love that at the, at the heart, we've got Simmons and she's the middle child between these two other girls and mm-hmm. you've got Carrie Ann and, and then Wheezy. And these mm-hmm. names, or it's the mom, so it's Caroline. Yeah, Caroline, yeah. Mm-hmm. You repeat names, and I guess that's also a very southern thing to do is to oh, pass for on sure. names all oh, through. So. Yeah, I've got a family, my cousins, I mean, I'm not going to say their names, but they just, they just repeat. <laughs> they just, they're all repeated. <laughs> well, and that's how you end up with guys named things like Trip because nobody wants to go by their there actual name because right. seven other guys had that name. So it's like, yeah. Trip. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. a name, but okay. Yeah, well, that was kind of an easy one to pick for. <laughs> For the fiance, for sure. <laughs> well, I think like, especially in men, like there's so many repetitions of names, just like in general, even up here, up north, because I know I was supposed to be an Andrew James Gordon the third, and there wasn't even a name picked out for a girl. And then at like the last minute, they were like, I guess Jennifer is fine. Well, you're Jennifer and Gordon the first. Yes. Jennifer you know, I do. You know, that is something I think about. I was actually at a book signing at a... um just on, on Monday and this older woman asked me, cause I just signed my name Gervais and she said, well, you're not, you're not done. You have to sign your last name. And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to sign my last name. And she said, why? And I said, well, I, cause I really struggled with what name was going to be on the book. Hagerty is my um, maiden name. And then I could also, so that's my dad's name. And then my married name is my husband's that's name. Good. And I'm like, damn it. But I, you know, I'm my own name. It's like Madonna. I'm just Gervais. You know, I just I, was gonna I don't say, want Gervais don't, is distinctive enough. You can it's get distinctive away with enough. It's distinctive enough. Jennifer cannot. <laughs> Jennifer yeah. cannot. Jennifer cannot. Which is yeah, why I had to throw like the one of these things. Like I don't have the right. Uh, I don't know the solution to like combining a name as a family because I do like the idea that my nuclear family with my children. I mean, just for dealing with medical bills, right? Has the same name, but it's like, God dang! I mean. Is that really it? Like, we just don't... I wish we could all I want the come family up with a line. new name. Like and we, we know people who've done that. There's yeah. a family that we know where one married the other, and they, like, squished some of hers down and mm-hmm. stuck his on the end, and yeah. ended up working. So when I first saw the kid's name, I'm, like, going, wait, isn't that their kid? And then I realized, looking at the last name, that it was a combination of it, That's and it's cool. a legal name, and 
I mean, I don't think either one of them changed their names, so they all mm. have slightly different names. So I don't uh, know how it works out, but right, they're right. all short. It's I feel like, like that's a billing disaster, right? There. It is. It is. But, I mean, it's just a bad. I, mean, I know different <laughs> different cultures use different ways. They don't. I know some of them. I want to say sometimes in the Hispanic cultures they will do like day and then the last name, and it's the mother's first name. I'm probably getting that all mixed up, but I know the first time I saw it, that's why sometimes you'll see a Hispanic actor who has a name that's like seven names. Right. And then Oscar Isaac just goes by the first two because otherwise his credits would be like this long listing and honoring all those people. And I kind of love that, but on a book cover, you probably just need to pick one. Right. Yeah. Well, I just think it's an interesting thing to examine. Just one of the many iterations of kind of how women can become invisible. Yeah. Uh, like I said, on the invitations, right? On the invitations to formal yes, events. I wish I had grabbed, I have a cookbook that I, I got and it's, it's actually from Louisiana. It's from one of the parishes there and it's all these moms and grandmas and aunties recipes and it's all typed up nicely and it's not anybody I know, but all of them are listed as like Mrs. David Jones, Mrs. Mm-hmm. So-and-so. There's no female names in there at all. And then there was one, and she had the only vegan, vegan recipe for tofu in the whole book. And I'm, like, yeah. I'm so yeah. proud of that woman right here. She's like, I'm vegan, and I'm Ms. And I'm I'm using my own name and my first name. And I'm yeah. I'm, I'm just glad they let her in the book. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised they did. They were like, well, probably had a good quota. Tofu. Like you need one vegan recipe. One vegan, recipe. right? One vegan. Yeah. No, it was it was like some parish's local cookbook. I don't know how I got it. But it's called. Well, it's similar. There's one here called Charleston Receipts, and it's a great way to mine for character names for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. It's probably better than just going on the internet going, uh, names from this background that start with X. Does that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, that's what I do. (laughs) I just end up in the rabbit hole going, I can't name this person. I haven't come up with anything yet. I should just look for a cookbook. Yeah. No, a cookbook is great. I was also, it's a good thing to look at, um, like school yearbooks. Ooh, yeah, like yeah. Because even because because here, you know, I wanted to keep a name, the Hagerty name, because a lot of people know that it, we're like our family's done well. You know, people know us, and that's nice. It's I do love that part of growing up in this town, which was a lot a very smaller. supportive community. Like, it's incredibly that. supportive. I mean, it's it's been it's an amazing place. I love. I mean, I actually lived in California for a few years after college, which because as a kid, you're like. Right, you're kind of radical. You need to move to California, and I'm like, yeah, I do. And I love so it. Where were you when you came here? Where did you San live? Diego? San Not Diego. quite as crunchy as I imagined it would be. Like when I was, you know, but it was, uh, it was great. It was great. Well, it was really well I went to, I went to UCSD for my undergrad, so oh, I, I've, cool. been to, I've been to San Diego too. It's a wonderful place. If I ever was like, I'm going to leave Orange County for good, I'm just going to go one county south because San yeah. Diego is amazing. But yeah, yeah, but I'm sure you had a lovely time there and probably got some pretty good surfing. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, I am so cold natured and the water is so cold there <laughs> yeah, that I could not, I couldn't get the, um, the blood to my feet, even with booties to guide the board. So I just fall off. I got so annoyed. Like, I'm actually numb here. <laughs> yeah. No, really. I just can't. I just like, yeah. I'm just generations of this like of humidity, hot society <laughs> no, where like, and, you and can put me in a sweat lodge. I can handle that, but like not. You yeah, no, because it's it's different because I know that my mom, when she first moved out here, my family's originally from Pennsylvania. And so uh-huh. they would go to like Jersey Shore in the Atlantic and they're getting the warm water coming up from mm-hmm. Mexico and mm-hmm. we're getting the water coming up from Alaska. So if no, you y'all know, are we're right next to Mexico. We're not getting water from there. We're getting it coming down off an iceberg. Yeah, you guys are the Humboldt, the Humboldt so. current. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. It's, it's not it's not fun. Yeah, no, ours is hot. Ours is definitely hot. It's like bath water right now. <laughs> 
But you also handle just the idea of like female friendship. So beyond just female invisibility, but also the relationship between Simmons and Martha. I know Jen and I were oh, like, I loved we it. wanted, we wanted oh, more you. of that. Because oh, like, I don't know if I I've read, read a relationship I like yeah. that. Before. I have read an entire like book about them or like a, like yeah. a YA flashback book about oh, in high school. Just, I just I feel like a lot of fun like, right I now. love Martha. Oh yeah. Right. She's like, <laughs> what a great character to write. Like maybe not to have as a friend, but like a really great character to write. <laughs> She was great because Simmons is naive in a lot of ways. And in early feedback, just asking anybody, like a sister, like my mom had a friend who was a writer who read it, you know, and sometimes I think the reader was getting, these early readers were getting frustrated about like, gosh, she's just really kind of like into herself and like doesn't really like what, she's just naive. And so I needed to create a character who would push her back. And so that was what was really fun about, about Martha. Like she really pushes back. I mean, she's kind of my alter ego. She says what she wants. She has sex with who she wants. She just makes, she's impulsive. And it's so funny because there's, there's almost a part of Simmons that's almost like when she starts making these decisions that are going to alter the trajectory of her life and what's kind of been mapped before her, it's almost like, she's like, can I be her? Is that something I can be? And then it doesn't really work out for her even right off the bat, the same way she thinks it will. And it just kind of shows, at least for me, I feel like some of us are kind of cut out for that. And some of us just aren't. And yeah. sometimes it's just maybe not the right time in our lives. And sometimes you have friends who are kind of bungling things up and maybe not being as supportive as you hoped or thought they might be. Yeah. And, and you know, and friendships are relationships, right? Yeah. And and so I think a lot of your 20s and 30s, God, maybe the rest of our lives, you'll you'll be hurt by a friend. And um it's hard because you really love that person. And how do you, how do you, yeah. So anyway, I, I had a lot of fun. I love taking them out to, you know, the bars and the parties because I'm a mother of two and I don't get out anymore. So like, we live by care. What I do here. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Wearing cool clothes. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Making out with a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) What are you writing, mommy? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) So what are you working on now? Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah, well, so far my editor has not said no, but she hasn't bought it yet either. So she's, you know, I am, we're going to the next book and she, she's really been helping me too. It's great. It is set on Wamala, which is an island off the coast of, of Charleston. So it's kind of like Edisto, how I take the characters out there. Mm-hmm. And it is in a, it's a manor. It's called Pettigrew Manor. And it's this house that's really aging. And a family has been there for generations, the Ravenels. There's three different characters. And one is a matriarch. Sorry, making sure. Got a wayward earbud. And she is, she's announcing to the family that she's selling the house and no one really understands why. And the three characters, one just um, has discovered an affair, but it was like five years ago and she, and everything's been fine since. So she's not really sure what to do. The other has just left her high power job in New York and she's just kind of thinking, what is my life for? Like I've worked so, so hard and this is it. And then the third, I was saying how I was a professor at the Citadel that military college. And I just became obsessed with my students. They're just fascinating group of people. And the third is a cadet. So, um, and they all kind of end up, there's just sort of clash of 
of uh, experiences and I've had a lot of fun. I've about 200 pages in and um, well, you know, now your students are going to be reading this and looking for themselves. Is it based on me? Because they're going to think, Oh, am I the cadet? And then I'll say, yes, you have to buy it. (laughs) That's a great sales strategy. You just (laughs) might be. You just like every it. person at the college. Well, that's kind of how it is with this first book too, because you know it's about my town, and it's like a lot of people we know, and it's no one character. But as you know, as writers, you're just you're like these magpies, and you just take these mm-hmm. little bits from these different people, and then like Carrie Ann, the mother is an archetype of a South of Broad mother, and and so yeah. And I, I love that you say that South of Broad because isn't there even a point in? in polite company where they realize that a baby's being born like slightly out of the zip code and they're like yeah. it'll be on the birth certificate that the baby was born here as well that actually happened to me because i had my did you give born... birth to a baby outside of the zip code i did my mother was horrified <gasps> i had a birth center she's like well you're not gonna have rope around the birth certificate that's the name of the hospital that every it was not gonna be a roper baby i mean it's like a thing Roper baby, cotillion, debutante. That's how you do it here. <laughs> well, you, you've been disowned. Your child's been disowned. The child's never going to get to go to college. They're going to they're going to get to go to the Citadel and they'll yeah. have to do that. Poor thing was wrong. born in a bathtub. She's got she's got a lot to. She's, <laughs> she's a water. will make her stronger. She's like, water baby. She's a water baby. She'll be water baby. by the time she's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. So, did your mom love the book, or was she, oh yeah, was she a mom to her? And it's dedicated to her too. No, she's, uh, she's been great. So my mother was a poet. And so my mother has been my first reader. So she really would help. She, she, she'd read it. She'd read like, a, I don't know, a chunk at a time. And then she'd say like, I don't know why this is a bad sentence. You need to fix it. And it's great because I'm like, okay. And I'm learning from her. And she's, she, she, yeah, she, she wrote some pretty amazing poems and yeah, she's, she's helped me out a lot. But she'll but also you help me with like one sentence and go, this is a bad one. Fix it. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She wouldn't give you more than that. Cause I, I no, mean, she I've would, she would, she would, she would definitely do that. Um, like I'll get, I'll give it to her and I'll give her the track changes and it, like, you know, and she, I can see, but then she'll have some ideas. I'm like, that's not, you know, you know, your characters better mm-hmm. than anybody. And like my character would not say that she would not do that. They would not observe that. Um, like if like Simmons would observe, a piece of architecture because she was grown up in this area, but maybe this this next book, my little cadet Brad, he would not. He's an eighteen year old dude. He's not observing he architecture care. at this moment. Yeah, he doesn't life, care right? about the architecture. Yeah. So, but she was. Yeah, she's she's been super super helpful, and also with details of some of the parties, like a ball. Um, men would wear tails and not tuxes, and I was using mm. those terms interchangeably, and they are not interchangeable. So no. she's been really good with the detail. Um, so that's been, that's been excellent. I mean, it's a team, you know, she's, she's, she's got my back. So oh my gosh, really that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait to read the next one because uh, you, you had me at like old, like crumbling manor house. Oh, like, yes. 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 On, on, on an island. island. Like, on an that's island. like that, trademark for you there. That took oh, like three of yeah. my boxes. Oh, good. So yes. Like, awesome. Yes. Yes. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh, Gervais, thank you so much for being here with us today. I had a blast, y'all. Thanks so much. Hey, we even got a y'all, Thank you. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody who's watching this, make sure to go out and buy Impolite Company. And stay tuned next week for our episode of Box Vomitus when we will be discussing Kill All Your Darlings with author David Bell. 
So thank you, Allison, obviously, for being the Vox Lomitas Vixen. Thank you, Roman, our producer. Thank you, Pam Stack, our executive producer. Thank you to everybody at the Global Authors on the Air Radio Network. This has been a copywritten podcast by Global Authors on the Air, and we will see you all next week.